want to welcome you to another episode of Mindset Growth Podcast. My name is Gary, your host. I have Heather, my co-host with me today, and we are very excited to interview a new friend of ours, Randy Chaffee. Randy, welcome to our show. We are looking forward to getting to know more about you and a little bit about the industry that you work in. We're going to, uh, we've sent you a few list of questions and things so you know what to expect. However, we always like to start with what we call some rapid fire questions that'll surprise you, surprise you a little bit, throw you off. So what's your favorite hobby? Well, it's work because I love what I do and I do what I love. Okay. That's an interesting and question. Like drink, and I like to drink wine. Okay. Ah, I'm a wine, I'm a wine guy. Well, that's, that's good. You probably have a lot better selection than I do. It's my oldest son yeah. comes home and tells me I need to step that wine game up a little bit. Well, yes, you do need to because it's an important <laughs> part of life. I have we have 120 vineyards within an hour's drive here when when we're in Michigan in the mm-hmm. summer. So right. uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's a lot of options. Good. Michigan is kind of uh, known for that type of activity, right? It is, and, and there's two parts of Michigan. There's the northern part where I live, the Grand uh-huh. Traverse Bay area. Uh, and then you get down Lake Michigan, down in the Southwest corner, uh, there's another wine area and then there's some scattered about the state, but that's, that's the two big ones, but up here, very, very, very good. And, uh, I, 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 I love my wines I, and luckily my <laughs> wife loves wines too, or we'd have a problem. So. Perfect. <laughs> Cause I don't know, a, ni- a nice bottle of Cabernet or her, I'm not saying I would leave her over that, but you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one to get you thinking. What is one villain that you think was misunderstood? One villain that was misunderstood. I think the Joker. I think he was a happy, happy guy in real life. I just think he got misunderstood and got a bad rap. Yeah, could be. Excellent. I mean, look how look how funny he looked. I mean, he was weird, goofy, funny, and uh, he got a rap, bad rap. And I think it's I, I'm going to blame that one all on society. They misunderstood him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case in a lot of cases with just people well, in general or characters oh, in general. So, do you have a bucket list item yet? To uh, or a bucket list or a bucket list item you want to accomplish sometime soon? I do. I do. Probably my biggest bucket list goes back to wine. I'm I, and I'm not a wino. <laughs> That's an old term, right? But I really want to go to, to Spain. I love Spanish wines and I want to start up in the mountains and work my way all the way down to the Mediterranean, maybe a, a week, two week trip and, uh, just stay in some little villa, little village every day in a different little wine area and, uh, spend, spend every day in some vineyards and some evenings having some wine to the locals. And, uh, I think that would be, that'd be a blast. So that probably, I answered that one quickly, so that must be at the top of my list, I think. I have a feeling that right one's coming up here some point soon. It's going to have to. We have friends that go to England every year. Not that that's close, close, but closer than here. And right. uh, they, they want us to go over there and, and spend time in London. And I said, well, mm-hmm. I think we could probably make that work as long as we do a side trip of a week uh, down to Spain. And they're going, well, yeah, what would be wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> right. no downside. Yeah, no downside. If you could start a charity, what would it be for? Uh, the uh, 22 veterans that commit suicide every day. Oh. My, uh, my son's an Iraq vet, Marine Corps vet, marched up the Euphrates, came back physically fine. Uh, he had a lot of issues for a lot of years. I mean, it was a challenge. And, uh, uh, but we're blessed that he's fine. But there's a lot of guys and girls that aren't. 
and mm-hmm. uh, I, I support the military. It, top not, I mean, top top of game. I, I love the military. I love what they do, and uh, the, you know the fact that the way they put themselves in danger and willing to go at a moment's notice. And uh, these young kids, man, they they come back, they come back messed up. And uh, I hate the fact that you've got them living on the streets. I hate the fact that you got them on drugs. I hate the fact that they find no other answer than to to take themselves out. So that would be that'd be number one, easy. Yeah, some of those support groups aren't really easy to find either. You know, I no. think I think there it's a lot more prominent in more states than than some. And yeah, I re- I I'm with you. I feel for the ones that don't they're not able to find the help that they need. Exactly, exactly. That's a challenge. So that would be number one. I mean, there's I I'm I mean I I could answer that easily with a a secondary, not even secondary, really. Probably one and one A is uh, you know anything that had to do with kids. I mean, yeah, right. I, I hate I hate when kids are messed up. I hate when kids are traumatized uh you know i've got eight grandkids and uh and one grandson great grandson with another great something on the way um which by the way neither one's named after me which i have a problem with my granddaughter but that's a different story for another day <laughs> but uh uh but no i've got i i love kids and and grandkids and great grandkids and uh my goal now is to live long enough to be a great great i might even make that maybe well, you keep taking care of yourself the way you do. I'm sure you can. That wine. I'm gonna try. That wine's got to help preserve your. It does. Your heart. It does. So. It's a health drink. Yes, I mean, I'm that's drinking, right. Yeah, it's a health drink. It's it's a, it's the top level of the food pyramid, I think. You've kind of set set us up for this next one. Uh, you've talked a little bit about family. Why don't you tell a little? Tell us a little bit, or the viewers a little bit about yourself, your background. Sure. sure. I was uh, I was born and raised in Mid Michigan. I would say grew up, but I haven't yet. And I read somewhere on Facebook, uh, Heather and Gary, that at 60, and I'm a little over, and I'm not going to well, how old, but uh, at 60, if you haven't grown up yet, you don't have to, and <laughs> Facebook is always right, right? So, I mean, uh, but, so I was born and raised in mid-Michigan on a small farm, uh, mostly cash crop. Uh, my dad uh, did have a few dairy cows and, and, and a few things <clears throat> early on, but, uh, so I farmed with him, went to high school, he started a... Uh, a business in the industry I'm still in. I still live in. Uh, I learned from him. Uh, the post train building industry. Uh, we built grain bins and that kind of thing. And uh, then I got into sales when I got 18, 19 years old. And yeah, I felt like selling the stuff was fit me better than building out in the cold and the heat and whatever else. And uh, we uh, so I, I raised a family there for a while and then uh, moved out of that area and uh, got into. Uh, sales out on the road, uh, which I still do, uh, did a purchasing agent gig for just a short period of time in the industry again, but not maybe the same manufactured, but buying product in the same industry I'm in, which is the, the metal roofing industry, the post frame building industry. And I didn't like purchasing, love purchasers, you know, cause I, I, I sell them. Right. But I learned a lot about how to approach them, what they need, their, their pain points. And uh, that was a very good learning period, but I found a, a, a tagline I use a lot, uh, uh, Gary and Heather is love what you do and do what you love. I didn't make that up, but you know, I will claim it if nobody wants it, but uh, I, I do love what I do and, do and love, do what I love and love what I do. And I wasn't loving it. I, I actually wasn't even liking it at a certain point in time because the, the call of the road, if you will, uh, being a road warrior was, was what I loved. I loved being out, making things happen with customers. And uh, some people say, so you love being in sales. And I am in sales by technical term, 
uh, but I don't sell anybody anything. You know, I just try to, it's kind of a Zig Ziglarism, but I just try to help everybody get what they want or need, right? And help them profit and grow. But uh, so then I uh, ended up in Ann Arbor for a number of years. I'll go blue. And uh, that's unfortunate. Then, uh, <laughs> Although know, we have you know, nothing my, to talk about right now in Iowa City. That's true. I know, you're, I know where you're from, Gary. So I, I just, just watch it. <laughs> but, uh, but I know you've had your way with us a few times. So, um, but no, it's in so. I think I stormed the field river. for one of those times, actually. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. Did you take the goalpost into the river? No, like they did in no, we weren't that wild, <laughs> but we did have a good time. <laughs> you know, I, I got to ask, and I, mean, I'm, I, I don't mean I'm like trying to take over the show, and I don't mean to do that, but <laughs> what possesses you to tear down a goalpost and drag it in and throw it in the river? I understand the excitement. That was a big win, huge win. Maybe the win of the year for anybody, right? Right. right. I, big... I never quite figured that out, but anyway. But then again, I wondered the same thing when I was seeing, I'm like, where are they going with this? What are we going to do here? What's the plan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then again, I never figured out students at university, (laughs) win or lose, they burn couches and burn police cars and do those sort of things, win or lose. And I never understood either one of those because there's not a win or a loss big enough that I want to go to jail for. Right. I mean, if I'm ever going to go to jail, which I hope is never, uh, it's certainly not going to be for burning a couch and the street somewhere it's going to be worthwhile i'm going to do it right yeah (laughs) protesting something not not a win or a loss exactly (laughs) but that's the bottom line so i've been doing this uh four plus decades in 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 the industry and i use four plus decades because i could use a number a little higher than that but if i counted 16 years old um but i don't like to go there because i do have just a tiny bit of vain uh, vainness (laughs) vanity 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 there you go so I don't like to admit that I'm maybe quite as old as I am because I don't feel it, but, uh, I've been doing it forever. Um, it's been a great gig. I, and some people asked me, I was just with people last week at a trade show in Indianapolis. I said, you've been around forever. And I said, yeah, kind of, thanks for noticing. But they said, when, when are you going to hang it up? And I said, there is no hang up date. I mean, I'm taking on new things if they make sense to me, a little more selective mm-hmm. now because I've, I've been blessed to build business and it was some great manufacturers to where I'm not the young rep dying on the vine if I don't find something else to sell, but I'll take something on if it fits my wheelhouse. So, uh, I don't know, I do this forever in the virtual game that I, but doing things like this in my podcast, which uh, Gary's going to be on sometime in the future, I, I, I can use force multipliers, right. And you can accomplish more, uh, without quite as much travel. I used to do, even though I travel a lot still. So that's really the background. I'm married to my, my wife, Dixie. We've been together 18 years. Um, I was with my first wife, 28, who's a great lady, still great friends with her and her husband. Um, I have two boys in their 40s. Dixie has two girls in her 40s, never lived together. So, uh, but, uh, and like I said, eight grandkids between the two of us and, and one great grandson right now, Noah, who will be two here soon. And, uh, so I just, uh, Dixie runs my office. We work from home, whether it's in Florida, most of the year, I travel North, my territory, other than I do have Florida for a couple of products, but most of my products are, uh, great, great lakes and Northeast. So I travel a lot by car driving from Traverse city, Michigan area in the, uh, in the four months that we're up here, the bounce year, I just jump on airplanes out of Fort Myers and two and a half hours. I'm rock and rolling someplace. Yeah, absolutely. So um, do you start your day with a a specific morning routine? I do. It always starts with uh, 
It always starts with, I'm still drinking coffee. Uh That's number seven. (laughs) Might be eight. I lose track. Um, I start with coffee and I always go read a couple of uh, motivational statements or quotes or, or something uh, to get kind of cranked up in the day. But I also, the first thing I do in the morning, I try to build a win in first thing in the morning as early as possible. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in being a win hunter and building wins. So flipping backwards a second, if you don't mind, in the evening, I do my planning for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So every evening, I have it in my calendar every day for 730. It could be any time, but just so I don't forget, which I don't, but is I'll plan for tomorrow. And my belief is that if you're really on your game, there's probably not much I need to do because I've already been planning day after day, week after week, month after month, right? But I look at it, what's my first thing tomorrow morning? What's going on? But I'm very cognizant in the morning of two things. Adaption. You got to be an adapter. So in the first thing in the morning, the first thing it tells me when I pop up is adapt. And all that tells me is don't adapt if I don't need to. But there's certain things that have to do's like if I'm going to be on this show at a certain time, I sort of have to be here, right? But if I'm going to follow up with a customer on samples and I put down 10 o'clock, it doesn't have to be 10 o'clock, right? If something comes in between that I need to do, because I know some people get so, uh, they live by the calendar so much that well, I can't call, I can't take this guy's call because I'm supposed to do this now. Well, no, you chose to do that, right? You can, if you chose to do it and it wasn't committed to, you can change it. Just don't get, don't lose it, but you can change it. So I, I, I cognizant of adapting, but the first thing I do, Heather, is I, I build a wind first thing in the morning because I believe winds compound themselves. You throw winds on a wind pile, right? A virtual wind pile. And little winds, big winds, medium winds, it doesn't matter. You just throw a wind on. It could be as much as, you know, tell your significant other, man, you look great today. Can I, can I make coffee for you? It's a little wind, tiny wind, but it's a little wind, right? I try to build a business win every day, though, early. Who can I call that's going to get me fired up? You know, yeah. what customer can I, that I know is going to be a win? I just know it because you're doing a long time. You just know. And I try to get that win in early because that sets me up for the rest of the day. Cause now I'm fired up, cranked up and I'm working at home. My wife can't quite stand that, but uh, I get pretty fired up and I love what I do, do what I love, as I've said. So I try to build a win first thing in the morning. That's, that's probably the very first thing. And then I start looking at my calendar. I start working my calendar and then I start adapting right? I adapt. If I need to move this, move that. And, uh, that's, that's the start. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, I find if successful people always have some type of routine and I think I now understand why you drink wine, because if you're drinking seven or eight cups of coffee, you need some (laughs) wine to unwind it again at the end of the day. Some unwind. (laughs) Yeah. I I crank up all day and then I crank down and eat. Uh Yeah. I see what you got there. You got like a volume. I uh, noticed scrolling through some of the, you know, just social media and things when we're checking out some of what you did to get prepared for this interview that you like funky socks. And I I see we have that in common. So I guess what led you away from the boring sock lifestyle? Well, one, I don't (laughs) like to be boring, but two is funny. Uh, I don't remember the exact day, I think, but my uh, uh, sister-in-law, would always buy me two or three pairs of socks for Christmas. That becomes sort of the thing. That was the only funky socks that I had. Uh, I was always, I might have some Argyles or something, but you know, that was, I was more of a brown or black or blue, right? And I start wearing those. But where it really started, uh, Gary, was I was at a, a National Frame Builders Association, NFBA show in Nashville, Tennessee, a couple of years ago, I think it was now. 
might have even been a year ago. But uh, now setting on a little brick area in uh, in front of the the convention floor, I mean inside, and I have my leg crossed, and I have Superman socks on, <laughs> and I'm ta- I'm doing some texting with a customer doing something, and this girl and her husband, boyfriend, whatever you know, thirty ish or so, walks by and she stops and she goes, "I love your socks." And well, thank you. I look at them and I thought so I took a picture, and I posted it, something to the effect of. What do you think of my, I think I'm being Superman today or, you know, something, I don't know, something pop in my head. And I got several people responded, love the socks, sent pictures of their socks back. So I go, this is another way to be visual, right? Because visibility equals opportunity, right? The more visible you are out there. So I thought this would be a fun thing to do. And the more I did it, the more I kept getting socks that I liked. And I start looking for socks and I start throwing away old socks. Then I started having customers send me socks, <laughs> friends send me socks. Um, I had a customer, it's funny, a uh, great customer of mine in, in Michigan. Uh, I see he and his wife four or five times a year for dinner and plus, plus whatever sales calls I might make in between. But she loves my socks. I mean, we'd show up for dinner. She go, okay, let me see them. I want to what socks you got on. I pull my pant leg up. So she sent me a, a text one day. And this is my customer's wife and says, what's your address? I give it to her. And uh, someone send you something. It went four or five weeks. Also, I get a package from it. I open it up and it's five pair of cool socks. I mean, just cool socks, like avocados and I don't know what Oreo cookies. I can't remember. It's just <laughs> weird stuff, right? So I, I posted online. All of a sudden, everybody's going, oh, my, them are cool. And so uh, I was... To give you an idea, you know, the whole idea of visibility uh, equals opportunities. I was at a trade show last week at Metalcon, and I bet you I had at least 10 people, uh, Gary and Heather, that came up to me and says, what socks you got on today? So that sort of little way of personal branding, right? It's just one more thing that keeps my crazy mug in the vision of, of, of customers, potential customers. So. Now I have, oh, let me take a guess. Let me take, how many socks do you think I have that are not what I call hashtag cool socks? How many do you think? Maybe uh, athletic socks. That's it. Boom. <laughs> My walking socks, workout socks, that's it. Every other sock, I, I've got, I think I've got two pair of Argyle, only because I know Argyle's probably out, but for socks, they're, they're I don't know, I still like Argyle. I, I still want an Argyle sweater again, but my wife <clears throat> put her foot down on that one. She said, not if you're going to me. Uh, <laughs> It'll, come back. It'll come back It'll come around, back. I'm sure. But Yeah, so that's how I got, I got started, Gary. It, 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 and it's been fun. Um, I had a good buddy of mine uh, out in Annapolis that we've met virtually. We met through a mastermind group. We've become great friends and never met in person yet. After two and a half years, we will one of these days. But I was on this run of busy, 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 busy. And he called a couple of times and I'll be honest, I didn't call him back because I just, you know, business had to come first and I was traveling and still should have, but I didn't. All of a sudden I get this package. It's from my buddy, George, brother, George. I open it up in a three pair cool socks. <laughs> and he goes, a note. he says, well, since you won't call me back, I had to get your attention somehow. <laughs> well, it goes to show one thing. It's a lot of folks. You know, they want to find out how you have success. And Randy, I can tell you one thing that you've done, I can clearly already see is you've paid attention to the details. And it's amazing how that branding and those details make a difference. There's 
-hmm. There's just another way to attract a, you know, a client or connect Mm -hmm. with your client. And it's, and it leads right back. And I'm just, I'm just uh, sharing this so listeners can understand. It's the one way that you can connect and make your clients, your friends. And now you're doing business with friends and you're not really selling. You're just filling orders and servicing and taking care of those folks that are your friends. So it's just, I kind of want to tie that all together. It's, there's more to that whole story than just, uh, Back, we like cool socks. <laughs> oh, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Because uh, so, how did you get into cool socks, Gary? Do you, I, I sounds like you're into them as well. You know, I'm a little bit. Uh, probably the reason I got into them. I uh, grew up in a family of eight, and I can save that for when I'm on your show. But uh, okay, I, I'm a middle child, so I always had to do something probably to get a little attention. And I don't know, gotcha. it's maybe a middle child thing, but sure. So I always look for ways just. And I like style. So if there's something mm-hmm. that kind of sets it apart and maybe is subtly, uh, I think in my mind looks cool. then that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's just where I started with it. Uh, well, I don't want to wear, if everybody's wearing black socks, I'm not going to be wearing black socks. So that's kind of, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's so a I, lifestyle thing for me. It is. It is. Somebody asked me one time, uh, they said, how do you decide what socks you're going to wear today? <laughs> Normally I don't, I have one, 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 one thing I do. I'll tell you secondly here, I guess, but. I literally reach in, in my suitcase, I'm on the road, grab the first pair of socks. I pay no attention to, do they match my outfit? Hell, none of them match my outfit, right? I mean, I'm typically going to be in, in uh, some sort of a dress, clothes a little bit, usually. So none of them really fit. It should be a, a black sock, right? So I just grab whatever I grab, and that's it for the day. Um, except I have two pair of socks that I wear when I fly. It's either one that says first class with the little uh, first class sign on it, like flying. And the second one has a bunch of little airplanes on it. Those I always put on when I fly uh, because of nothing else. I love sitting there in the plane and shooting a picture of my sock and posting it because it always gets a bunch of people commenting. Right. And uh, what's really fun is when people start sending back pictures of their own socks. That's always cool. You know, (laughs) it's it's so. But, you know, you hit on it earlier. It is about the personal branding, right? And so many people think think that as as a manufacturing rep agency, that I just rep my manufacturers. Well, I do rep my manufacturers, but more importantly, I'm I'm representing myself, right? I have to be myself first. You, you're going to buy from me before you buy from any manufacturer that I represent, as right. good as they are, and they're awesome. I'm blessed to be gr- with great people, but. So I think it's vitally important, and you hit on the, the word personal branding, it's vitally important that we develop that personal brand of, of Randy, of Gary, of Heather, mm-hmm. because that's the first thing that people are going to see, the first thing. Many cases, that's all they see. But a lot of my manufacturers, they've never met a person. I am right. it, right? I am, right? I am that company, right? Right. So it's important to, to develop that, that brand, uh, personal brand. So. That's just one tiny, tiny little way of doing it, and uh, uh, it's plus it's fun. Right. So we've touched on it a little bit, but um, you travel a lot for business. Mm -hmm. You're also, you know, you've got your podcast. What motivates you to stay so busy? Uh, I get bored easy. (laughs) Uh, I I do. I'm just one of those kind of people that I have a hard time setting still. I have a hard time standing still. I, I stand when I do these shows and when I host my own show, I stand because 
if I'm setting, I'm swiveling in my chair and doing this. And, and, and so I, if I, I stay permanent a little better if I stand, but uh, I just, it still comes back to, I have such a, a love for the game and I call it a game because it's fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it's serious and you, you gotta be serious about what you do sometimes, but I make it fun. I enjoy what I do. And I've been doing it for so long that I'm, every week I go out and see customer friends. And if they're not already customer friends, in my mind, they are going to be pretty quickly, mm-hmm. whether they buy from me or not. That's almost secondary. Not really anybody listening that buying from me, but uh, you know, it, it's important for me to just make friendships and relationships. And, and uh, so I, I'm motivated by, by building those relationships and helping people. And I know a lot of people expect that answer would be, uh, what's the money? Uh, not saying it's not. Um, if, if you're not money motivated, success motivated, you're never going to be successful. Or I should say, if you're not money motivated, you're probably not going to be overly successful at the end of the day in sales. It's a way to keep score, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, wanna, you want what you want. But if you set out every day just, well, how much commission am I going to make from this customer? How much am I going to make if I do this? Yeah, you're going to lose. Wrong, 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 my opinion. You go out and you do what you're supposed to do every day with every customer. Treat them all right. You know, the old theory of treat the janitor like the CEO that people talk about. Every customer, small, medium, large, big volume, little volume, you treat them all fair, you treat them all right. Uh, the money takes care of itself. And so I just go out and see friends or make friends. And I think I bring some product line and, and a knowledge of this industry. Uh, I'm not real smart, but four, four decades of doing this, I've, I've just learned some mm-hmm. stuff by osmosis, I guess. But um, try to help them build their business, help them grow their business. So I'm just motivated to do it. I like travel. I'm not one of these people that hate it. I don't mind when I'm in Michigan, I tend to drive more with my own car. You know, I leave home, go out for three, four, five days. Uh, when I'm in Florida, which is a good part of my year, I'm on a plane a lot. So plane, rental cars, hotels, dinners, breakfasts, all that kind of stuff. But does it wear towards the end of a trip sometimes? Of course it does. But I'm ready to go three days later again because I don't mind any of that. As a matter of fact, I, I enjoy it. I just, because again, I enjoy my customers, right? They're all friends. They're all pals. We get together and we go have a, a burger and a beer. We go grab a Cabernet. We, uh, you know, we go have breakfast someplace. We just hang and, you know, maybe go out to the farm and talk to their kids, you know, whatever. It's, it's just relationship stuff. So it's, so, it's not work. It's not work. I don't work. So you've built your uh, total career in sales basically around serving others. And uh, it's a lot more than sales, but I guess, What's what's the number one motivator for you? I mean, I, I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but if you were going to make, you know, a, kind of put it together and just give a short definition of, you know, what's your driver in life? I mean, clearly, you know, you talked about the money and people and that, but maybe you can give us a little, just a snapshot of that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really, I think probably the biggest answer, at least my answer, Gary, is I want to make sure that I can be your guy. That's important to me. I want to be your guy. I want to be the guy that you call every time you need something, whether I have it or not. I want to be that first phone call. I want to be a service to you. I want to be a value to you and important to you, uh, both as a friend and, and as, a, uh, as, a, as a representative of, of manufacturers, as somebody who's been in the industry, industry a long time. So I'm driven to be the guy, if that makes sense. I just want you to call me first. Uh, 
you know, that, 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 that goes back to when I, you talk about personal branding a little bit, but years and years and years ago, I, before I even knew what personal branding meant, it just clicked one day as my website uh, is I buy from Randy.com because, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my opinion, right? I, I feel like I bring stuff to the table and I say that jokingly, but um, I, I want you to call me first. I'll be your guy. If I don't have it, I'm going to do my best to find it for you up to and including calling a competitor and saying, Hey, I got a buddy. I just appreciate you not trying to go and steal everything from me because I'm going to fight you back. But, um, can you help this guy out? Right. Try to find the answer for the guy. And so if, if I can be that, the guy, uh, everything else kind of takes care of itself. And, uh, I love getting those calls. Sometimes some of the fun calls are, I love getting the orders, right? Love. I love selling truly selling. I love taking orders. I love seeing sales reports and going, Hey, you sold more than you did last month. Way to go, Randy. Right. But at the end of the day, taking care of that customer and knowing that you helped them be successful. Uh, it's, that's, it's just, it's fun. I love it. So you have a high need to serve people, right? That's, no, that's if you don't serve people, you're not going to be successful in sales. Right. I'm sorry. If yeah. you're money driven only, that's got to be a big part of it. Because I said earlier, anybody that says they don't care about the money at all are not going to perform at the super high level, right? They just want, because you've got to have that drive. It's if nothing else is the way you keep score, right? But you got to have that drive. You want, you want more, but you got to do it the right way. And you do it by taking care of people and serving people and doing it with uh, a, a buddy of mine on my show a few weeks ago, uh, Harry Spade, right? Wrote the book of uh, selling with dignity, for example. You do it, just do it the right way. Do it with some ethics, right? You do that, you know, all this, the other stuff, you'll win more than you lose. And you always lose some. You're always going to lose some. Uh, but you got to be able to walk away from that and, and draw. The, you can always draw wins out of loss, right? You go, what did I do wrong? You know, I messed up someplace. Could have been. I did nothing wrong. It just wasn't right. But, um, but that's, that's, that's really where I come from. If, you, if you're not looking to serve, you're, uh, you're, you're just not going to uh, be as successful as you can be. It's true. Good point. There's a lot of people that that's why they go into sales when, when a lot of others have the, the wrong idea. It's money driven, not people driven. Mm-hmm. But yes. You've mentioned um, building wins. That's kind of how yes. you start your day. And that's the name of your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, be, it was two years in January. So two and a half years, a little over. Yep. And what and got you years. into that? I'm sorry? What got you into that? Well, it's, that's an interesting story because <laughs> I had never thought about doing it. Uh, two, three years ago, having that, doing this kind of thing here was not even on the radar. <clears throat> now I do it often mm-hmm. and love it, love it, love it, love it. But when we went into the pandemic, the lockdown, whatever we want to call it, um, I hit a brick wall instantly like everybody else did, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a road guy. I'm a road warrior. That's what I do. And all of a sudden, just like that. I'm stuck at home. And that was awful because that's not what I do. And that's not what I'm used to doing. And so I started, I'll try to make this quicker than I'm going here. Uh, I started out with joining a couple of mastermind groups, uh, started out reading, watching a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of, of, of information that I could find is how do I develop some force multipliers? What do I do to, to be in front of my customers when I can't be in front of my customers? Um, guested on a couple shows and liked it, uh, found it interesting. And then I thought, well, I've got to know a lot of people that do podcasting now, so maybe that's a good way to be out to my customers when I'm, when I'm, when I can't travel. 
And uh, so I decided I got a director producer, Wes Wyatt, who's a great, become a buddy and a friend and a pal and, and sometimes bodyguard when we're out drinking a Cabernet. <laughs> and uh, in case I get mouthy. Anyway, uh, he, uh, we, we put together this show. And we came up with building wins from a standpoint that building business is what I'm in, right? The building companies, uh, the building materials, right? That's what I do. But also, uh, I believe in building wins as far as I talked earlier about throwing wins on the wind pile, right? All wins count. And so it, it seemed to work well because uh, I believe in being a win hunter, whether it's business or, you know, personal or spiritual or health and fitness, you know, you should be hunting for wins. So that's how I got started. Uh, I thought it was going to be maybe just short term. Maybe I didn't know. I wanted to go to the industry, bring people to the industry, customers, manufacturers, authors, speakers, anybody that, uh, that can bring something of value to my industry. That's been so good to me. Um, I felt like originally it was going to be maybe short term until I got that being the road warrior. Right. But then an interesting thing happened. I started seeing two schools of thought out there. There was the old normal people just, wow, we're going to wait. So we'll go back to the old way. I'll be traveling all day long and it'll be just the old way. Like it never changed. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's the case because I think we're learning and adapting some things that we can use to, to be better going forward. But then I had the other camp or I listened to a lot. The other camp was the new normal camp, right? Which was nobody's ever going to get on a plane again. Nobody's ever going to see anybody in person. It's all going to be done virtually. And not in my industry, it's not. Uh, we're, we're people to people, even if it's B2B. We're still people selling people, right? So I said, that's not going to work. And that's where my idea of hybriding come into play is there's got to be a way to take some of both and, and, and bring them into one one central way of doing things. And that's where I kind of coined for me that my phrase I use a lot is uh, hashtag hybrid road warrior, Randy. Um, I use that a tagline and everything I do now because that's the way I live now is it, it's a hybrid between both. I'm fully capable of road warrior with anybody. You know, give me a give me a rental car and an airplane and hotels and some, you know, uh, some places to go eat and I'll I'll do that for weeks if I need to. Love to do it. But I can also sit here and do these sort of things all day long as well. So I think what I learned out of all that is I learned to be an adapter and I did a lot of things. I'm so adapted to where I was two and a half, three years ago. But the biggest thing is I've learned to adapt and expect to adapt, expect change. And so the building wins thing is, has been fun. I've had some great, great, great guests, uh, a lot of great guests coming up. Gary might be one of them. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's just, it not only is it been beneficial, uh, I've been able to bring a lot of really good guests and some great conversations to, uh, to people. I have a drink. I may talk too much. Uh, but also, uh, it's something I enjoy. And I, I hopefully I bring some information each week to, to people that they can use. And, you know, if one person gets one little thing every once in a while, then I guess that's a win, right? Hey, that uh, you just brought up, and this is going off of even some of the questions that you had just asked, but when I know what happened when the pandemic hit, it totally changed how we did business. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, a lot of the things that we had to shift to were good and we use them now, like you said, it's never going to go back to the same way that it was. Marketing has completely changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, in some aspects, we actually have a lot of folks now, and especially an older demographic of people I work with that, you know, they're now ready to use technology and not come into the right. office every day because they feel like they're safer staying at home for whatever reason. 
so there's there's things that have helped us be more efficient because we all had to learn efficiencies to adapt to that. Uh, I guess as you see all that, what what happened when the pandemic hit to like your sales? Did they go up? Did they go down? Did they maintain? Because I've seen that because I work in the consulting uh, with the consulting mm -hmm. clients. We've had it all over the board. You know, I had some who shut down for 30 days. I had others who had the best month they ever had. You know, they had the best year they had leading up to that point because they were able to find creative ways to just, when the competition went home and sat, sat right. on the couch, they found creative ways to go out and get things done. So how'd you experience sales in that period? Well, in, in our world, luckily, we serve an industry that uh, was was deemed essential, which I hate that word because <clears throat> I think Martha and Billy going to the feed mill and trying to earn a living to take care of their kids is pretty essential, essential, right? But, mm -hmm. but be that as it may, uh, we actually, we, we probably had in general, maybe a two to three week slowdown uh, because everybody's trying to get used to all this. And we all bought into the, the original, you know, two weeks to get ahead of the curve or whatever they called that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, two weeks, that's fine. We'll just get ready to go again. As soon as it, as soon as that became clear that that wasn't the case, uh, we picked right back up. And I think it's a combination of my manufacturers didn't set back and wait. They bought, you know, 20 laptops and they, they did the stuff and they, they got their people so they could work from home quickly, uh, put the security features in place. Um, like we can't work from the office. We'll work from home, but we're going to figure it out. Uh, I was on the phone every day, probably talked to more people during that first four, five, six months, probably than I ever did because I had more time to do it because I wasn't traveling, right? right? Traveling, you can still talk to people, but you can't talk to them on the air. You can't talk to them at your rental car counter. There's just, it's just not as easy. So I talked to tons and tons of people. And that's part of what led to my doing the podcast too, kind of going backwards for a second. But I found out that by noon, I had everybody talk to who I needed to talk to, right? I mean, I got day left here. And so what else can I do to, to, to do that force multiplier thing? But in my, our industry, the metal roofing world and the post-frame industry, slight little downtick. And uh, all, all my customers did the same things. They just found ways to, to be productive and never stopped. And uh, they all had good years. Uh, both, both the two and a half years since that whole thing started have been very, very good in our industry. and. Uh, it's still strong right now. So we really didn't back off much. You know, we adjusted a lot. And I think the people that adjusted uh, had really good success. Uh, and I've been blessed with my manufacturers. They all adjusted very well and very quickly. Uh, and so I think, you know, answering your question straight on, it's been, it's been good. And uh, right now it's, it's, we're in that last month and a half of, of this year of strong, right before the winter really sets in. Uh, in, in this industry, it always gets a little slower that January, February area, uh, but uh, it's it, it's it's strong, so you and know, it remains strong. You know, and that's what's interesting. I do. We have a exercise that I use with clients a lot, and it's just we can either you know do it digitally or have like a paper form they can use, and it's just we call it the fifteen minute miracle. And they just we just have them categorized for a full week, basically eight to five or what time frame they want to work, what they do. And, you know, the pandemic was the most glaring example of how many inefficiencies we have in our day. And it's amazing to me when people go through that 
they will find that 50, you know, 40 to 50% of their time sometimes is just wasted. I mean, they're, you know, they're either uh, in a car driving, but they're not making phone calls. You know, I mean, maybe I'm sure when you're driving, well, I know that because that's when I spoke to you. Right. Uh, But that's just, I always look, you know, when I get in the car and I'm going to, I'm going to be on the road for a bit, you know, I've got a list of calls I'm going to make. I can be flexible with it, but I'm not going to just put six hours on the road and not accomplish something in that six hours. So I think that's the biggest thing is it, it has really helped build in a lot of efficiencies. So, um, I would agree. Yeah. We've become, I think we've become much more efficient, uh, in the last two and a half years or whatever it's been. Uh, I agree with that. And if, if you're, uh, if you're not using windshield time as a sales guy, if you're not using windshield time, man, like you said, you're wasting sometimes 50% of the day because even if I schedule myself properly, which I try to do, it's still at least 40% of my day. If I'm doing it really well, right, is riding down a highway somewhere. If I'm riding down the New York Thruway for the next hour and a half, that's an hour and a half worth of forget the radio and talk to customers. Right. right? And you, you become way more efficient when you do that. And the good news is somebody like you and I, we love doing that. So it helps, right? Because I, I don't mind phone calls. I don't mind talking to customers. I actually, I love it. But, but even if you're new or you don't really love that a lot, um, you, you, you need to take those times and use them to your advantage. And, and on the road, there's a lot of times to do that. I, uh, same thing in the evening. I don't just go to the hotel room at five o'clock and call it a night. I'm going to be emailing texting, taking care of things while I'm, you know, sitting at the, uh, at the, at the, the local, you know, restaurant or something, uh, with a Dr. Pepper, it's my quote for a, or my code word for a Cabernet and, uh, you know, having a burger or whatever. Uh, and then I get in the room, you, you still got work to do right. Plan for the next day. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, but it got, it, it, and I think the biggest thing, and it goes back to something we talked about earlier. Now that I think about it, um, is it a lifestyle or is it just a job? There's a big difference, right? If it's just a job, then you're going to do that until there's another job, right? It, it's, it's, you're not all in. And if you can find sales, you know, the general term sales as a lifestyle, as a career, this is what I do. Um, all of a sudden, all those little things you do are not have tos. Uh, I, t- I talked about this on a video I did a while back on post, get tos versus got tos, right? Right. If you get the got to out of your mind and you get to and where that came up was I was traveling Maine with a great distributor of mine. Three days seeing customers and he says, well, I said, what time are we going to leave tomorrow? He said, well, we got to go way up north. It's quite a ways. I said, oh, what time do you want to leave? He goes, 4 a.m. Or says 4 o'clock. And I said, a.m. He goes, yeah. Okay. And then he, he, he was messing with my man card, Gary. You'll know where I'm going to go with this. He says, Unless that's too early for you, Randy. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, buddy, you don't play that game on me, buddy. We can leave at three if you want. We can leave right now and drive all night. You know, you pulled the man card. We're not. But uh, but the point is, I'll be honest, as I'm driving the 30 minutes back to my hotel, I'm sputtering to myself a little bit. What's wrong with this idiot? I got to get to three o'clock, drive 30 minutes, leave at four o'clock. This is stupid. And then I go, I got to go do this. And I go, no, you don't. You get to because... I get to do it because I'm the rep that sells all these products to him. I'm his friend. He's my friend. And he does a ton of business with me. So I get to have that business because I get to get up at three o'clock. Right. It's a big difference between get to and got to. 
So I think it's a mind, it's a mindset, just like I said, with lifestyle. I, I, to me, if you want to go from any level of okay to not bad to great to really great in sales, I think you need to try to figure out how to make that a lifestyle and a get to, as opposed to I got to and it's just a paycheck. Because if it's just a paycheck, then it's just a paycheck. Mind, something else comes along. The mindset's everything. It's exactly it how you think about it, view it. It's all in your, it's, yeah, it's all in the mindset. But It is. I've got a side note question for you yes. here. So we've talked about the pandemic. We talked about mm-hmm. how road, road warrior Randy was at home for a while, right? Yes. All kinds of different things came out of the pandemic. Divorces, babies, you name it, right? Yes. Right. How did Dixie deal with road warrior being home so much? That is a great question. And I'll tell you, I'm blessed from the standpoint that she likes me being gone just as well as I like being gone. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's, but in a, in a good way, we, uh, you know, we're 18 years together, 17, 18 years, whatever it is. She's never known any different. She mm-hmm. runs my office, North and South, wherever we are. So we're actively involved with each other from a business standpoint. She does so much, all the stuff. I just go do, I just go sell or work with people. I don't, I don't do anything else. And, uh, but she's been used to that mm-hmm. from day one. So it was a just as much of an adjustment for her having me there every day in her way, you know, because you, you do become, when you don't come home every evening, you know, you don't do the nine to five, you don't settle into some of those, uh, those idiosyncrasies with each other, right? Ours are weekends or, a week here and there, but all of a sudden, the first week or two is fine. You know, sit by the pool a little more, go out to eat a couple of times. Well, I couldn't go out to eat because there was no place open, but you know, do whatever. But pretty quickly, when I was able to travel again, oh, she was all in with that. It didn't, and not in a negative way. I just think we, our life has been built around that, mm-hmm. that, uh, those idiosyncrasies of what I do. And, and she's, she's good with it. So, but yeah, it was probably as equally challenging. Uh, for her, because as we mentioned, I think off air, um, I talk loud, apparently, <laughs> according to her. And so I couldn't find a place to be in, in the house, outside the house, wherever I was. She's chasing me around like, quiet down. She'd do this. I, I don't like this. I know what that means. I don't like it. But uh, so I got I got quieted down a lot. So she was pretty good at me going back on the road. So. I, have, I have one last question for you. Yeah. I know you say you... Uh, uh, you go to Naples in the wintertime and mm-hmm. with the hurricane that just went through there, and this is just personal, it doesn't really, oh, sure. maybe you don't care to share it, but oh. just wondering, you know, how your home survived that and how things are down there. And if you're going to, you know, if things will be okay going into that area when you head down yeah, there in yeah. a month. Well, yeah, thanks for asking. We, uh, um, luckily we've had our home watch people there. They were there a couple of days after the storm, been there two or three times, uh, we're, where we're at in Naples, we're, we're not right on the Gulf, so we didn't get the storm surge. We're about six miles away uh, as the crow flies. A lot of wind, uh, a lot of rain, but we had no flooding. The houses are built to, you know, to spec, so really, I, I, think we, I think we had like 125, 130 mile an hour winds for a while. Uh, that sounds like a lot, and it is, but the houses are made to withstand that. So luckily, uh, we had no issues. Uh, I mean issue free and we're pretty blessed um because i know if you go downtown naples down on fifth and third 
you know, there was five, six, seven feet of water in a lot of the businesses. Uh, the pier's gone again, other than the, the little skeleton of the, the cement pier sticking up. Everything else is, is, is pretty well gone. So it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be years again, you know, of rebuilding that. Uh, Irma took the pier out what, in 17, I want to say it was. Uh, it took two or three years to get that back. Got back to beautiful, and, and now they start over again in a lot of areas. But I we belong to a or have an email list of a lot of the restaurants and pubs and places down downtown that we like to go, and we've got a lot of emails that they're back open. Um, now some aren't, like Snooks out on Marco Island, which is about six miles south of us. They got pretty decimated. You know, mm-hmm. it'll probably take most of the winter to get back, right? Uh, build up again. Um, and you know, there's there's a couple spots right on the water on on Creighton's Cove and uh, in in Naples downtown that pretty well got a lot of destruction. So some of those will take time. But the one thing about about any of the Gulf states where you're right on the water, it's not like it's the first hurricane, right? Mm-hmm. It's, right. It's still devastating, but it's not like they don't know what to do to fix it. It sucks when it happens. Uh, but it's not a once in a lifetime. You know, we have several a year that are at least a little bit of damage, right? Uh, nothing like this. This was pretty big. Well, but, Americans are resilient. We always yeah. fight back, battle back, whether it's tornadoes in the Midwest, uh, right? Earthquakes yeah. in some parts of the country, or right. whatever. We always battle back. I would like to know, for the listeners' sake, where people can find you, how they can listen to your podcasts, and follow sure. you. Yeah. Well, as my rep agency is Source One Marketing, and uh, it's uh, like I said, you can you can. You can go to source1marketingllc.com, but easiest I buy from Randy.com uh, or .net or you know a couple other dots I think. But uh, um, but uh, as far as the uh, the podcast, uh, that's uh, Building Wins Live, Building Wins Live. Uh, so you can go to Building Wins Live. You can go to hashtag Building Wins. Uh, you can find me under Randy Chafee or some semblance of that on pretty much all the social media. I do LinkedIn heavy because I'm B two B generally speaking. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm even starting to do TikTok, which I swore forever I wouldn't do, but <laughs> I'm him. <laughs> you, you, you laugh because I laughed about that, Heather. <laughs> I, I, to me, it was like, I'm going to be brutally honest. Instagram, too, I do. That's the dumbest thing I ever saw, in my opinion, but I'm old. But I figured out something, uh, guys, is this. You have to go where your customers live, right? Mm-hmm. And a bulk of my customers still live, the decision makers still live in maybe the LinkedIn world. But the 22, 25, 27-year-old kids in my world, uh, or my uh, age group, I, they're kids to me. And my boy, mm-hmm. I got granddaughters, 24. But they live on more things like TikTok, right? Instagram. And so if I want to develop a relationship with them now, that three, four, five years from now, they're up and coming uh, buyer management person, I don't want to start that relationship five years from now with them. I want to start the relationship now so that it's a natural thing that what does Billy do? He buys from Randy. So the only way I can do that is to go to where they live because they're not going to come where I live because they could care less. Just shut up, old man. We don't, I don't do LinkedIn. I don't do that. I, I do TikTok. So I, I, I've been doing TikTok, not near as much. Um, I'm, I'm playing with it, trying to figure out the, trying to make it, what I want, TikTokish without yeah being stupid in my mind because i don't do stupid real well i mean i do stupid well but i don't intentionally do stupid well and uh i'm not i'm not big with i don't i'm not going to do dancing with goats and singing songs and doing things like that but 
you know, so I, I'm trying to do that. So yeah, you can find me on any of those platforms um, several times a day, typically. You know, I, mm -hmm. I try to do posts that make sense. Um, one I've been doing recently, which has been kind of fun since you ask, is I think I'm a day 44 today that I'm going to post uh, as soon as we get done here. I've been doing the 79 days of commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's just that. a video that I do every day, 30, 40, you know, anywhere from a minute to a couple, three minutes. Um, but, uh, and it's just, I take a word or a phrase and, and I just give you my thought about it, what that means to me. What, what, and, and the day is, is waiting, which will be out shortly. But, uh, and the big reason I came up with that is I saw a couple friends of mine from a mega mind group did a 90, 98 days of summer, which I think was labor day to, to, uh, a Memorial day, which is the way around Memorial day to labor day. And, uh, they did the same sort of thing. And I go, I like that. But you know, look, the biggest reason I did it is I did it for myself more than anybody else. If anybody gets a little something out of what I do, A, I'm out there for sure every day with that. If I don't do anything else, I'm always out there with that. But it was the commitment part. And that's why I use 79 days of commitment. Because when I started it, it was 79 days till Thanksgiving. That was, there's no key to it. Just that's what it was. Um, but I feel like if you're a, we, uh, men especially, but a lot of women like sports, right? We put things into sports analogies. Tom Brady, for example, former Michigan coach. Did I say Michigan again? Anyway, um, or player, I should say. Um, why do they still, at the high level, still throw hundreds and hundreds of passes a week to the receivers, right? Because you got to stay committed. you got to stay in practice. So I'm doing it because it forces me every day. And there's been several days with this where I go, Oh, I got a word for tomorrow. I got a word for tomorrow. What am I going to do? I don't know. I don't have a word. And then I finally just find a word. I don't know what I want to say about it. Well, I'm going to come up with something. And sometimes I just jump on, hit the, hit the record and talk for a minute, yep. whatever I think about it. And it's, uh, the, I've got good feedback on it, but it's a commitment to um, forcing yourself to, to commit to something and to do it every day. And 79 days is not a long time, but it's enough that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it is, I'm committed and I got to stay committed because now I've told everybody I'm going to do it. I would look foolish to people, but more so to myself if I stopped. Well, it's, right? the, it's so, a, yeah, it's just the commitment to the follow through. Uh, yeah. Also so, so important. Yeah. I want to yeah. thank you so, for joining us on mindset growth podcast. You can find our episode out on Google podcasts, iTunes, uh, Spotify. It'll be out on YouTube. You'll find it on all our social media pages. Uh, we appreciate that you take the time to listen and watch our podcast. Please hit the like button, send in questions or guests that you would like for us to have on our podcast so that we could share that with the rest of our community. And with that, we thank you for joining us.